I remember a while back reading about a survey that was taken. This survey was taken by a major newspaper in California. And they took this poll and they asked the people who took this survey this particular question. They said, would there ever be a time that you would lie? Would there ever be a time that you would not tell the truth? And they reported the results of this article entitled, Truth Are Consequences. And their conclusion, after they did all of these surveys, is that 20% of the people that were surveyed said that they would lie. They would lie if it gave them the ability to make more money. To make more money. 25% said it was okay to lie just to make yourself look better. 30% said they had lied on their job application. Almost one in three, they had lied on their job application. 46% of those surveyed knew a friend who had cheated on their spouse. 51% said people are not as honest as they were 10 years ago. And nearly 60% said it was okay to lie to save yourself from embarrassment. Now, we have been taught... And we believe by our culture and society, and we obviously know what the Bible says, that honesty is the way to live the Christian life. Honesty is the best policy. I just read about a salesman. I just read this last week about a salesman who knocked on the door of a rundown apartment. And the mother did not want to talk to the guy. So she told her little boy to tell the salesman that she couldn't come to the door because she was in the bathtub. And so the little boy answered the door this way. We ain't got no bathtub. But my mom told me to tell you that she's in it. And um, I think that that little story often illustrates the fact that if... We're justified sometimes. We don't mind stretching the truth just a little bit. But this is what we read in Scripture. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 6, Love rejoices in the truth. It rejoices in the truth. Love does not delight in evil, uh, but rejoices with the truth. You'll hear me say, in just the brief amount of time that I have, I'm going to be done at noon. But you will hear me say that love is truth-telling. That's the best policy. We were told as children that when we lied, we always got found out. Now, as adults, we tend to stretch the truth a little bit, or we tend to not be that consistent at times, or we tell ourselves that it's just a white lie. But truly, as children, we were taught that once we lied, that it would always come back, that there would some way that the truth would come out and that we would be found out. If not by the people around us, certainly God knows about the times that we might stretch the truth a little bit. So we want to talk about how to tell the truth to other people. And I, I believe the Bible teaches that there are a number of keys to speaking the truth in love. 
First of all, I want you to notice in your message note outline, I just invite you to pull it out this morning, but we need to speak the truth at, at all times. At all times. In other words, we need to speak the truth consistently. Tell the truth. Now, if I were to come home to my wife and I were to tell her, Honey, I'm going to be faithful to you six out of seven days, what do you think she would say to me? She would say, Go lump it. You know, I, I, you don't know what you're talking about. We need to be faithful seven days a week. If you're not faithful all the time, you're not faithful at all. And the same is true with honesty. If we don't have integrity all the time, we don't have integrity at all. So if you only lie, let's say, 10% of the time, then you're absolutely lying all the time. And so we need to speak the truth consistently. Now, this article went on the survey and said that the number one thing that people wanted in relationship is honesty. Think about that. The number one thing that people want in relationship is honesty. And yet it's very, very difficult to be honest at times with people. I'm reminded of that commercial. I think it was insurance it was selling, and it showed Mary Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln's wife. And Abraham Lincoln is in the background, and she walks in the room, and she says, how do you like my dress? And Abraham Lincoln doesn't know how to answer because he really doesn't like the dress on his wife and it doesn't look that flattering. And so he's silent and she walks out of the room really angrily and mad. So we believe that honesty is the best policy, but how do you apply that in a particular situation when you might hurt the person's feelings? When you might hurt their feelings. And we're going to be talking about that. So... First of all, I think the Bible teaches, I think we see this especially in the book of Proverbs, all these principles, that we're to speak the truth consistently at all times. I want you to know this Proverbs chapter 13, verse 17. Uh, this, the second part, reliable communication permits progress. Would you circle that word reliable? All relationships, in other words, are built on trust and truth-telling. Proverbs 11:3. People who cannot be trusted are destroyed by their dishonesty. Now, would you circle that? People are destroyed by their dishonesty. How many of you remember the, sh the show years and years ago called To Tell the Truth? Remember that old show, To Tell the Truth? And it starred these washed-up movie actors and actresses, Kitty Carlisle, um, Bill Cullen, etc., and the object of the show was, the better the liar that you were, the more money that you would win. Right? The better the liar you are, the more money that you would win. And, um, and God says, that's wrong. That was a show, it was make-believe. But in real life, that's absolutely wrong, because we need to tell the truth consistently on a regular basis. Now, we say it's good business to tell the truth. And yet, uh, <laughs> here are the ten greatest business lies that I read about this last week. Number one, business lies. The check is in the mail. Number two, your money will be cheerfully refunded. Number three, give me your number and the doctor will call you right back. <laughs> 
Number four, your table will be ready in just five minutes. Uh, This offer is limited to the first 100 callers. We service what we sell. One size fits all. Open wide and it won't hurt a bit. Uh, The used car is an absolute mint condition. Unfortunately, uh, that's not true. And often, businesses even have a way of exaggerating the truth uh, along those lines. I also read about the I also read about the, uh, the professions that you trust the most. Believe it or not, even though pastors are way down from where they used to be, they're, they're still the number one uh, profession that you can trust the most. Um, who came in the least? Advertisers. Only 10% say you could trust what they say. Second from the bottom, just above advertisers, were used car salesmen. Lawyers did slightly better, third from the bottom. 35% of the people think that news reporters are honest, but they still, related, they still rated below fictional TV characters. Doctors rated only 3% higher than politicians, with 63% of the population believing that they could be trusted. Now, obviously, if we're a Christian person in that profession, we have to work doubly hard to make sure that we're honest and that we're straightforward and that we... Uh, uh, tell the truth with consistency. Consistency. Well, number two. Number two. I see in Scripture that we should also speak the truth completely. Number one was consistently, and number two is completely speak the truth totally. In other words, don't play games. Be straightforward. <laughs> Be straightforward. Go right into the fray. Tell the truth. Don't tell half truths. Don't tell white lies. Don't hold back. Don't withdraw. Don't conceal. Notice Proverbs 10, verse 10. Someone who holds back the truth causes trouble. What kind of trouble? We're talking about relationships. We're talking about relationships between people. We're talking about relationships at work. We're talking about relationships between employer and employees. What happens when you conceal the truth with the people that you're working with, the people that you're working for? What happens when you conceal the truth from your spouse? What happens when you conceal the truth from your brother or your sister? What happens when you conceal the truth from those people that you go to church with, that you really say that you love? What happens? Often it causes some sort of lack of intimacy, and often it can even lead to mistrust and doubt and resentment. Why do we do this? Because we're cowards. It's difficult to talk about things that are very, very difficult to talk about. We all agree with that. I remember when Kathy and I were engaged. We got engaged our senior year of college. And she went to Point Loma Nazarene University down in San Diego. And I was in a small Christian college in Portland, Oregon. And we were over a thousand miles apart. And so what would happen is, is that we would come home on Christmas breaks. We would come home for spring break. We would come home for summer breaks. And we would be so happy to see each other that we would kind of sweep things underneath the carpet. Right? And we did this the whole year of our senior year. And then eventually we got married. And I mean within the first two or three months, I mean within the first two days of our honeymoon, a lot of stuff came out that we had swept underneath the carpet and it had built up like a big old mound. And all of a sudden I realized that I had not been very honest with her and she would say that she had not been very honest with me. And so you undermine 
eventually your relationship with other people if you don't tell the truth, if you're not forward with your truth. Proverbs 28, verse 23. In the end, <laughs> notice, this is such a good proverb. In the end, people appreciate frankness more than flattery. In the end. Now, at first, you don't like to hear the frankness. It's difficult. Really, it is. It's very difficult. But in the end, people appreciate frankness more than honesty. So you don't beat around the bush. You tell the truth. Because there's a lot of unpleasantness up front and unpleasantness at the very end if you don't tell it. Um, now, if I told my parents exactly what I felt, they might kick me out of the house. If I told my employer what I really felt, I might get fired. If I told my wife that I didn't feel like that we were um, as intimate as much as I'd like to be, she might accuse me of uh, having a one-track mind. If I really told my pastor what I thought about his sermons, <laughs> then, you know... <laughs> Uh, whatever. Um, avoidance often creates more problems. You need to tell the truth. People of integrity, people of honesty, truth-telling. We've heard of those stories about um, George Washington you know, how he supposedly told the truth. He didn't cut down the cherry tree and all those things. I was reminded of my, one of my favorite professors when I was preparing for pastoral ministry. And I think I got the story right. It's been such a long time, but he told the story once in class, and I've never forgotten it. He said that when he was a very, very young teenager, his father died. And I think it was unexpectedly. And his father uh, was a big man in his life. He loved his father. And he died so unexpectedly and left a big hole in his life. And his father was a master mechanic. He worked doing something else. But all of his spare time he spent in his garage tinkering with things, working on cars, working on engines, rebuilding engines. And Irv, my professor, said because of his father's hobbies and because of his interest, even as a child, he would hang out in the garage with his father and he had a natural bent for this. In fact, I remember him telling me um, that he was, I, he was one of the early fellows that converted his old Mercedes Benz into burning or uh, using uh, the cooking oil. Remember that craze that went around for a while? Now I think they charge for cooking oil because of that kind of thing. They don't give it away. But back in that day, Irv would drive his old Mercedes Benz on cooking oil, and he's the one that converted all that. And so he was a master mechanic himself. And so as a kid, he had this propensity, and he said after his father died, even more so. He was so lost and beside himself that he spent a lot of time in the garage tinkering on things and working on things just because he was missing his dad, and he and his dad had that in common. Well, one particular time... Irv went next door and borrowed a tool from the next-door neighbor. And he came back and he used that tool. 
And the next day, the guy showed up, the neighbor, and was all huffy. And Irv was upstairs, and he didn't have time to come downstairs because his mom answered the door. And the mom opened the door, and this man just blurted it out. Blah, 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 blah. Your son borrowed my tool, and he didn't return it like he said he was going to do. And Irv said, he'll never forget what his mother said. He said, my son, I know, without even asking him, returned that tool. Because he does what he says he's going to do. And he's been that way since he was a little boy. The man stomped off all huffy. Guess who knocked on the door the next day? That neighbor apologizing. Irv had returned that tool, but somebody else had taken it. Another next-door neighbor, without telling that guy, and didn't bring it back. I'm reminded of that story because that's that's integrity, that's truth-telling, that's being a person of your word. Um, And you tell the truth consistently. You tell the truth completely. But you've got to add one more ingredient to this. And that's number three. You, You have to speak the truth in the spirit of love. You have to speak the truth in the spirit of love. Yes, Yes, you need to tell the truth. And yes, it's often unpleasant. But you can make it more pleasant by wrapping it in love and by being very, very careful about what you say and how you say it. And this is just as important as truth-telling of how you do it and how you present it. Notice, you don't use the truth as a club. Ephesians 4.15 Speak the truth in a spirit of love, not out of anger, not out of resentment, not out of hate, not out of pressure, but out of love. Out of love. Look at our text one more time. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. You need to tell the truth in love. In love. When I speak the truth to somebody, I want to do it in love. I want to build them up. I want to do it for. I want to do it to make our relationship better, not to just put that person down or, or to get one up on them. It's helpful to the person, not just to me too. This leads me to the fourth key here. We, we, we need to speak the truth in the right way at the right time. We're, we're talking about tact, and we've been talking about tact before in this series. But you, you, you speak it in the right way at the right time. I, was, I go my walk up Airport Road. I told you I can't jog these days. Uh, and, and so one of the alternatives is to walk. And it's real convenient just to walk out my door and go up Airport Road. 
it's pretty slow. I don't go too fast, but it, it gets my heart rate up, and I do some exercises at top, and I come back down. One of these days, I'm hoping that I can get it back into better shape, but this is okay for right now because one of the things I do as I walk besides Bray is I think about what I'm going to say, especially as I'm preparing my messages. And what I'm going to say to people often that are difficult things to say. And so you want to plan out your presentation. You want to think if you've got a difficult thing to say, you want to try to say it in the right way in the right response. This is what the proverb says. Intelligent people think before they speak and then what they say is more persuasive. You think before you, you speak and then what you say is more persuasive. Verse 21, uh, another translation, the more pleasant your words, the more persuasive you are. In other words, plan your presentation. And number two, you choose the right time. You choose the right time. Timing is everything in communication. Ecclesiastes 8.6. There's a right time and there's a right way to do everything. Okay, let's just wrap this up here. You say, Pastor Ron, why do you plan out your presentation? <clears throat> why do you think before you speak? Why do you try to use tact? Why, why, why do you speak the truth? Uh, why do you go ahead and broach a difficult subject with a person? Why not just ignore it? Why do you do that? There's a principle in the Bible and it's found in 1 John 1.7. And this is John writing and this is what he says. If we walk in the light, we have fellowship. Not only with God the Father, but we have fellowship with one another. That word fellowship is koinonia, and it means intimacy. Intimacy. You see, it's very, very difficult to have intimacy with my spouse, or my brother, or my sister, or the person I work with, unless there's truth-telling. Uh, unless I wrap it in love. Scott Peck, uh, the guy who wrote a book a number of years ago, says that there are really only two categories of relationships. False community and true community. This is a relationship you have often with your spouse, your best friend, your fiancé, friendships, people at work, at church, small groups. False community is where you keep everything superficial. You don't rock the boat. You communicate only on a surface level. You don't resolve any misunderstandings. But the other type of relationship you can have is true community. True community is real closeness, genuine friendship, honesty, openness, transparency, intimacy, vulnerability, and support, unconditional acceptance. And most of us want that. We want that with our spouse and we want that with other people. And I, I think it's so refreshing to me when a person comes in my office or I sit down with them in their home or another setting and we start talking. 
And they say to me, Pastor, I'm having a hard, hard time in my life right now. That's not superficial. In other words, they're sharing some deeply personal things. And then we share some more and we pray for one another. It happens often in Sunday school class, my class, next door. Would you bow your heads with me and let's pray together?